Buenos dias, everyone, and welcome to the Orange Bird Show. I'm your host, Alex Heidel, and welcome to episode number three, Disney College Program Part 2. If you haven't already, go back and listen to part number one, where I covered some general information about the Disney College Program, how to apply, a little bit about myself and my experience during the college program. But today, we're going to tackle five tips for anyone in the Disney College Program. Now, we are in episode number three here on the Orange Bird Show, and a friend of mine told me an interesting statistic that I'd like to share with you. Only about 10% of podcasts get to episode number three, and only 1% of podcasts get to episode number 21. So hopefully one day we'll be at that 1% marker, but for now we'll have to stick with 10%, which I think is pretty cool. And I'm still having a ton of fun recording these episodes, and hopefully you guys are enjoying listening to them just the same. If if you are, make sure to leave a review if that's an option for you, or leave a comment. Um, definitely check us out on Instagram at the Orange Bird Show. Video versions are available on YouTube at the Orange Bird Show, and we're available on all major podcasting platforms, which is really awesome. So let's dive right into five Disney College program tips and tricks, so to speak, more just tips. Um, but I'm going to hit the content right out the gate. I'm not going to prolong this episode and make people wait. If you want the five tips and you want to leave, I'm going to give them to you right here. And then if you want to stick around for a little bit of explanation for why I chose these five, feel free to do so. So number one, bring a car. Number two, balance Disney life versus outside life. Number three, make friends with people at and outside of work. Number four, utilize backstage magic opportunities. And number five, give every role and location a chance. So let's dive into all five of those and give some specifics on why I picked these five as some of the most important um, tips going down to the Disney College program. So number one, bring a car. This has been kind of almost my biggest regret going down to the program now. At the time, I didn't own a car, and that's totally fine. If you don't own a car, and I know plenty of people who are currently living in Flamingo Crossing who don't own cars either, they say it's completely doable. And I did my program. Now, I was only down there for six weeks, of course, but I didn't have a car, right? And I rode the buses. I relied on Disney transportation, and and that worked perfectly fine. However, what I will say is I carpooled with many people to work on different days made my life a lot, a lot easier. The buses are great and all. Don't get me wrong, they're free, they transport you to where you need to go, but you're reliant on their schedule, just like any bus program anywhere in the world, really. But with Disney, especially towards Magic Kingdom, I know the Epcot bus is great because it goes from Flamingo Crossing to Epcot and back. At least when I was there, the buses to go to Magic Kingdom also stopped at the Polynesian, the Grand Floridian, the Contemporary, places around the lagoon because that's where they also had to drop other CPs off that worked at those locations. So it would just take longer to get to uh, West Clock, I think it was called, right, Um, is where you get dropped off. That's kind of the Magic Kingdom parking lot. And then from there, when you get dropped off at the Magic Kingdom parking lot, 
you have to hop on a secondary bus. And this is a bus all people, all cast members who are entering the Magic Kingdom have to get on. So they hop on the West Clock bus and then you get transported to the back of Magic Kingdom, the back of the Utilidors. And that's kind of where you're, you're entered into the park, at least as a cast member. So there's two buses that you have to hop on. And, and the West Clock bus is always coming on kind of a, a five-minute interval. So you're not really waiting there. But if your Magic Kingdom shift starts at, let's say, 8 a.m. and the bus is coming at 6.30 to Flamingo Crossing, you know, you might have to get to work 30, 45 minutes early because even that 6.30 bus might get you to Magic Kingdom at 7.45 and then taking the West Clock bus, you're getting there at 7.55 to walk towards your work location. It might be 8 and now you're possibly risking getting points because you're late. Um, so it, it just makes it a little harder and you might have to catch a bus that you don't really want to and be waiting in your you know, waiting room for about 30 minutes before you can even start your shift. So having a car at Disney gives you flexibility for work. Now I'm going to tie that into my second point, balance Disney life versus outside life. And we'll tie that directly to bringing a car first. So if you're able to bring a car, there's a lot more flexibility in what you're able to do. Now, obviously there's things like Uber, but getting groceries which also can be done using the bus system, but is a little more inconvenient, especially when you're, you know, two arm loads of bags to kind of carry back with you. Bringing a car gives you flexibility in getting groceries, going to places like Universal, even getting a haircut. I found I had to Uber to get myself a haircut while I was down there. And then also you can go places like the beach. You could go to soccer games, baseball games. There's all sorts of great entertainment and things to do in Orlando, but it makes it 10 times easier, almost 100 times easier if you have a car with you down in Florida. So a lot more flexibility bringing a car. Now I know not everyone is, you know, economically in a position to buy one. I know I wasn't when I did my college program, but if you have the opportunity to, or you're thinking about it, please, please, please take my advice and bring a car. I think you can ask anyone in the program and they would say the exact same thing. So let's hop into point number two, balance your Disney life versus outside life. Now, as you might know, if you listen to any of my other episodes, I went to the parks for 25 straight days. I loved Happily Ever After, don't get me wrong. And I loved going to the parks every day. And I'm not sure exactly what did it, but at the end of those 25 days, the reason I stopped is because I got sick And I also started hallucinating. I know that sounds a little weird, but at night I would wake up thinking I was at work and I'll kind of go into those stories. I'm not sure if that was part of the illness I had as well. If I had the, you know, early case of COVID, I I don't think I did, Um, but I definitely had hallucinations because I think I was going to Disney so much and that was all I was doing. It was Disney for work, Disney for fun, sleep, repeat. So if you have an opportunity Go check out some of the things in the Orlando area. Get yourself outside of work and focus on your mental health while you're down there. It's okay to take a day off and just stay home. You know, watch Netflix, go on YouTube, or go for a walk, go for a run, get your groceries done. Those sorts of things are okay to do and you don't have to feel like you're pressured into going to the parks every day. Now, Obviously, I'm coming from a little bit of a different perspective as I was down there from six weeks, right? I have a COVID type of perspective where, you know, get everything in as fast as you can because you never know when your program is going to end. I have that perspective as well. However, I think it's important to take a step back and understand that 
we need to be people outside of just this Disney bubble. And and the Disney bubble is real, especially when I was down there with COVID going on in the world. I didn't even know what COVID was until I had already left Disney on March 16th. After, you know, the whole world was kind of starting to shut down, that I learned only of COVID kind of once I left, which I know sounds weird because it was everywhere in the news, but outside news just wasn't a thing when I was down in Disney World, to be completely honest. Even Imagineers, to my knowledge, and not related to COVID here, but even Imagineers, I forget who, but it was in some interview, said that it's important to find a balance between Disney and outside life. And a lot of the inspiration you'll see in the parks, especially thinking of things like Epcot, where a large portion of cultures are displayed, is those things wouldn't have been possible if Imagineers were just stuck in some bubble. They were able to you know, go out in the world, experience new things, go on different vacations and whatnot, and understand different pieces of the world to bring together what is the parks today. So it's important to kind of have a bigger view than just that Disney bubble. My number three tip, other than bring a car, balance Disney life versus outside life is one and two. My number three is make friends with people at work and people outside of work. Now, a little confusing here to be fair, but what I mean by this is the people at work are going to have the same schedule as you and are going to be easy to go to the parks with, right? Uh, That just makes general sense. You know, same schedule, you can go to the parks with these people. However, you might find your best friend at work and they might share all your same interests or you might run into a situation where no one at work shares all of your same interests. I know for me, I was only down there for a few weeks with some of my work friends and I hadn't really connected too closely yet with anyone who worked at my restaurant in terms of meeting up with them outside of work. I think in that last week to two weeks, we kind of got close, which was a really, really exciting Uh, time for all of us. So it was neat to kind of start to get closer with them. Um, Unfortunately, you know, program getting cut short. So I couldn't say how that would have worked out long term, but they're all awesome people. And I'm sure it would have been fantastic. I still, you know, talk with some of them to this day. and, And we're years later now, two years, two and a half years out from my program. But also find roommates and other people around the Disney College program that share similar interests with you. And you don't have to put yourself into this box of only being friends with your roommates or only the people at work. Be outgoing, go to some of the social events that they host at Flamingo Crossing and meet people that have the same interests as you and, and be willing to you know find the right fish in the sea, so to speak. There's a ton of people down there. Somebody told me recently, 11,000 people in the Disney College program, I believe when I was there in 2020, it was 6,000. So I don't know if either the number has been shifted up or I was wrong in the past or the person who gave me that number, you know, maybe heard some misinformation. So I don't know exactly how many people are down on the Disney College program now, but what I can assure you is that there are a ton of amazing people down there. You just have to find the right group that works for you. So number four, utilize backstage magic opportunities. And some of you listening might not even know that these opportunities exist. So what I mean by backstage magic opportunities is there are chances through Disney to go behind the scenes in different places than your work location and learn about an attraction, learn about a land. So for example, I got to go to Pandora before the park opened. I think the park opened at eight. We got to go in at seven. There was a group of about 25 of us who 
who got to go on Navi River Journey and Flight of Passage without any wait, without anybody in the parks. I have some awesome pictures from Pandora of the entire land just being completely open. So that's pretty cool. Some nice morning pictures with it being completely empty. And I think for that event, I walked up to the Backstage Magic event. And we'll talk about that in just a second. Epcot had a ton of other chances. Um, I was signed up to go on one. Unfortunately, I got sick the day that it occurred. But that one, you got to learn all about Future World at the time. I know Haunted Mansion has plenty, and that's an amazing attraction to learn more about, especially the backstage kind of magic of how that attraction comes together. Rock and Roller Coaster, I know, was just recently offered. I was talking to somebody who tried to sign up for that. So, all of these events are really, really cool things and only available to cast members. And I believe Disney College Program cast members get even more opportunities for these backstage magic uh, chances and whatnot, which is really, really cool. So these signups happen on a website called Dorms. Now, that will be something you'll learn more about once you're down in the program, or if you're already down there now, I'm sure you're plenty familiar, but dorms kind of is your place for getting access to all this information, which is really great. However, I know that signups are tough to get. So another option if signups, you know, I think they sell out. I was on the phone with uh, my friend Connor. He tried to sign up for the Rock and Roller Coaster one last week, and it sold out within 15 seconds, which is absolutely absurd. Now they're they're small classes, and they're definitely highly, you know, sought after. But that is absolutely insane. So if you're not able to sign up on dorms during the registration 15 second window. There are opportunities for walk-ups as well if people aren't able to come, which is more than likely because people are scheduled, you know, their shifts only two weeks out and these registration for events happen a month or two before the event actually takes place. So there's plenty of opportunity for people to not show up. I believe when I visited Pandora in the morning that one time, I actually was a walk-up. I, I was trying to think back to that day and wonder how I got there because I was with three other people as well, Avery, Dylan, and Skylar, we all went that morning. I think they convinced me that we should just go as walk-ups. I don't know if some of them were walk-ups or if they signed up or how I was there. I, I just can't remember back to that day, which I know sounds super weird, but I have no idea if I was a walk-up or not. But walk-ups are taken all the time, which is super cool. So you can always probably try and squeeze yourself into one of those you know, backstage magic opportunities if you're not able to sign up initially. So that's a little bit about backstage magic. And then number five, and these are in no specific order, maybe bring a car goes number first. Now I would kind of almost say number five would be kind of tied with number one here, even though that's not really how a ranking order would go. But give every role and location a chance. Now, a lot of people are gonna see their role and say, you know, this isn't exactly what I wanted or this location isn't exactly what I wanted. You know, I wanted to be at Cinderella's royal table in the Magic Kingdom. I wanted to be in the castle inside all that magic, right? And maybe you get, you know, custodial in, in some location that you're, you know, not exactly a fan of. Let me tell you right now, some of the people who have the most fun on the Disney College program are people who almost expect the least. People who work in custodial, I know a ton that absolutely love their job and are amazing at it. 
One example of that, I've talked about him before, is Winnie, Galaxy's Edge. You know, if you see Winnie and Galaxy's Edge on Custodial, he is fantastic. I promise you that. And he loves what he does. He's so good at interacting with guests. And, you know, obviously not every part of the job is going to be glamorous. Don't get me wrong. But every role has that. Even in quick service, I was cleaning up throw up one day. I'll be honest with that. And that's going to happen, you know, potentially in, in any role that you're in. But there's going to be unique experiences, and especially with custodial, you'll be behind the scenes. You know, quick service, you're going to have a rapid kind of interaction with guests. Depending on where you are, you might even get longer interaction with guests, which isn't necessarily something that always happens with something like attractions. But that doesn't mean that attractions is necessarily bad either because it's a quick flow and there's all sorts of different things, and you get to learn about, you know, some extravagant machines that run these these parks, right? How cool is that? And so there's all sorts of different roles that are absolutely amazing. And I know one of the roles that also gets a little bit of heat is parking. A lot of people, and some people might make fun of me, my parents, you know, definitely included. One of the things I actually said before going down to Disney is I'd love to get attractions parking. I think that would be awesome. Um, Somebody that I know uh, from Penn State, he actually worked in parking and he loved it. Some of the people that I know that worked in parking love their jobs. You're riding on the trams. You get to basically do a spiel, like a Jungle Cruise-esque spiel every day. But it's really up to you because there's a lot more freestyle with that than the Jungle Cruise, even though Jungle Cruise is still pretty freestyle itself. Um, And obviously, there's rules with any role of what you can and cannot say, but People who work in all sorts of different roles and maybe less desirable roles, kind of in air quotes there, I've heard that they've had amazing experiences. So I wouldn't completely lock yourself into an, into an opinion until you're four or five weeks in. Even for me working at BR Guest, I know in my first two weeks of training, I did not really love my role. And now part of that is also a personal problem with me where I kind of lock myself in for the first two weeks. If I don't know what I'm doing, I don't love doing it initially. I like to know what I'm doing so I can give the best experience possible. Um, that wasn't the case at the time. And then, you know, I slowly grow, grew into my role at BR Guest and ended up by the end enjoying my experience. So give yourself an opportunity to see what your role is all about. And you know, worst case scenario, if it's really not for you, talk to your leaders, talk to your coordinators, see if there's an opportunity for you to transfer roles. I'm not saying it's necessarily common within the Disney College program, but if it's really not working for you for a specific reason, let them know and they might be able to help you out. So those are five kind of tips. Bring a car, balance Disney life versus outside life, make friends with people, in and outside of work, utilize those backstage magic opportunities and give every role and location a chance before you call it quits. But those are five Disney College program tips from myself. I'm curious to know if if any of you have done the Disney College program before. Let me know what your tips would be kind of in the comments below. Head over to Instagram. I always post kind of a, a post announcement or a podcast announcement every time an episode comes out. So go check us out on Instagram and leave a comment what you think below if you have any additional tips that you want to give to people getting ready to go down 
to the Disney College program. As always, check out the show on Instagram at The Orange Bird Show. A video version is always available on YouTube at The Orange Bird Show. And then audio versions are available on all podcasting platforms. Well, it's been great chatting with you today. I will see you next week. My name is Alex Seidel, and this is The Orange Bird Show.